I'm Ramel London and welcome to the Mainstream Podcast. Today, I am so excited to be speaking to a true journalist and broadcaster. Yes, since graduating with a degree in broadcast journalism, she has carved out her own lane in the industry as a writer for The Metro, a podcast creator and host for the Edinburgh TV Festival and the Breast Cancer Charity, and an inspiration to women across the nation, encouraging them to be confident queens like herself. Her talents have shone from the papers to our screens as she has made headlines this year, shining a spotlight on what was once a taboo topic, but is now empowering us to discuss big boobs. I'm so excited (laughs) to speak to the host and presenter of Channel 4's untold documentary, My Big Boobs, the one, the only, Jackie Adedeji. Ramel, I love the way you went, big boobs. Love that. Thank you for having me on the mainstream. I'm so happy to have you. So welcome to the mainstream, Jackie. Thank you. How That's are you? you? I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm like honestly, I have to say, the fact that you have actually told me that you're a fan of the mainstream warms my heart. Oh my god, yeah. So then to have you on as well is like bonus points for me. So uh, this is going to be fun. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm on the mainstream. <laughs> Because you're in the mainstream, honey. Oh, yeah, I am, aren't I? You are, right? You are. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I've loved watching your journey over the last few years, um, particularly watching you on the screen, especially. And I do actually find it hilarious that mm. when we actually met, maybe like a year ago, we mm. thought we'd known each other for years. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because it was at the Mobos, right? God knows. It was at the Mobos. <laughs> and I think it was like, hi. We were like, hi, this is weird. Because we like know each other from Instagram, but Literally. we haven't actually met in person. And I genuinely, I'm sure I made a reference to, didn't we go out for drinks? And I'm like, wait, that yeah, never happened. I know, like, I know. But I feel like I've known you for years yeah. because you've been doing this for such a long time. You just feel like you, like you, I just feel like it's weird. The internet makes you feel like you know people. 100%. And you don't. And we had so many interactions with like yeah. Edinburgh TV, TV Festival, Festival yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. So I think... This is way overdue. Yeah. And it is nice that we actually, I mean, obviously we know each other already, but yeah. now we get to know each other even Woo! more after this chat, which I'm so excited about. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the journey here because I believe you are the true definition of a media babe. Oh, <laughs> Especially because we did the same course. We did. Broadcast journalism. BJ. We are BJs, <laughs> which is perfect. And I definitely stalked you on your LinkedIn. I'm a, oh God, like, I'm so obsessed. Are you with a LinkedIn stalker? I'm so obsessed with LinkedIn. So when I saw that all your credentials, <laughs> I was like, oh wow. I was like, this girl's good. So let's talk a little bit about before the BJ life, mm. young Jackie. Mm. Uh, did you actually know what you wanted to be when you was growing up? Always. From when I was about seven years old. Are you serious? Yeah, because. Like a lot of people, I was watching SMTV Live with yeah. Anton Deck, um, Kat Dealey, CD UK, yeah. CBBC, you know, uh, when Disney Channel actually used to have proper hosts on there. 100. I was watching that and being like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. that. I want to do that. I always knew from when I was seven. And actually when I uh, did a play uh, in year three and it was 101 Dalmatians and we were on stage. I was a Dalmatian just like scuttling across the floor. So like I had a big role <laughs> and like, I loved it. I loved being on stage. Like yeah. even though I had no speaking parts, I just loved the energy and the buzz. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Oh, I love so that. that's kind of what I, yeah, that's what, that's, that's what started me off. I love that. That's a very similar. See, I feel like we're going to have this moment where we're like, yes, we were, we were, 
watching the same things and doing the same kind of things to get here, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And um, I want to know, were your parents encouraging of this? Because mm. we met your parents on your Channel 4 doc, which was such a blessing to just see them support <laughs> you in that way. But I didn't know your dad was a pastor or is, is a pastor. I'm a PK, I'm a pastor's kid. No way. I I love so were they encouraging of your creative always aspiration really yeah yeah always always yeah always they were never like my parents were not your typical nigerian parents so they weren't it wasn't like lots of my nigerian friends like you know their parents like you have to be a doctor and a lawyer and an engineer my parents were like do what you want to do like do what's creative so i would say look i want to get into performing arts and stuff and so my parents were like okay we'll go for those kind of courses or do this or do that so it was very much that because my parents are both creatives even though their jobs aren't creative mm. they're both creative so okay. they very much encouraged me and my sisters to just do things that were creative and colorful oh i love that so much and okay obviously they are allowing you to be creative yeah but you said pk yeah, yeah. <laughs> being a pastor's daughter mm. did you feel pressure to actually maybe i should just be a good christian girl or maybe i should just be I don't, I don't know. What, what, what are the mm. pressures? Like, you know, your church looking at you as like, oh, what's she doing? Do you know what? I didn't have those pressures. I think I always knew that this was what I wanted to do. Mm. And I wanted to be, I mean, I'm a big Spice Girls fan. That's okay. what I grew up on. So <laughs> loud, proud, like love me or hate me. Like wow. I was, that was always, like I always loved women who were just like strong and, just didn't care what people thought. And so for me, I never felt, I felt like that's my my dad's job as a pastor. That's not my job. That's not necessarily my ministry. That's good. So I, I knew from early on that, okay. But actually I think being a pastor's kid made me a better journalist because- Tell me how. Yeah, because sometimes I think, I mean, this, this might be a conversation we have to have after podcast, <laughs> but you know, I've been to many churches in my life yeah. and you know, also many, you know, celebrity churches too. Oh. Um, and so there were certain things over the years, uh, not now, but at least when I was growing up, that some, the maths wasn't maths in with certain things. So as a kid, you know, children always ask questions. Yeah. Why is this? Why is that? Why is this? Why? Okay. So I was always doing that. And my parents were like, hey, 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 can you just <laughs> like, I was like, okay, but why did pasta, but cause I saw pasta, you know, or why did this auntie, like it was always that kind of thing. And someone would be like, whose child is this? Cause I was always like, you was the church reporter. Oh, I was, I literally was. I was always asking questions or, um, in oh fact, there was God. something I asked and then um, I think someone reported me to my, like, to my mom or I was always very curious because oh I was God. like, well, why? Also, even sometimes when we would get taught stuff in Sunday school, mm-hmm. I'd ask, especially if it was to do with love or like sex or whatever. Yeah. I would ask, you know, I remember asking my dad when I was like, I don't know, like 12, like, why do people have sexless marriages? And he's like, oh, oh my God, like, <laughs> what is happening? Because, you that know, I was, deep. yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> And he would respond, but I was always so curious about, and also I think when you grow up in an environment where you're almost kind of like told, this is what you have to think, this is what you believe. I obviously believe in God, but mm-hmm. in, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you need to think this way and this is how you need to be. Yeah. You then start to think, okay, well, what if I'm that? And what if I'm this? And what mm-hmm. if, do you know what I mean? So it made me actually curious. And maybe if my dad wasn't a pastor, I think I still would have done what I'm doing, but maybe I would have done it in a different way. I definitely had to, what I will say is fight for my identity. Um, okay. you know, and also 
um, you know, I'm talking about tits, right? And yeah. of course, when I first started doing that, like my dad was like horrified. Oh, I can imagine. Like horrified. Like you are like WhatsApp essays, WhatsApp dissertations, oh, bringing shame on the family. Like really? Oh yeah. Oh. But like it was okay because I said you'll understand one day why I'm doing this. I mean that that is beautiful that you said they will understand because. Now that the doc is out and the fact that they featured And who's bloody it, on it? Literally. <laughs> literally. That says so much how much, like, you know, the support is still there. So yeah. that's beautiful. They came around. No, they came around. And also, Ramel, as you know, mm. when you have a vision for your life, people do not have to understand it. Oof. As long as you get it, that's all that matters. Yeah. So if people are confused, it's like, oh, you'll see real soon. Oof. That's what it always was. G- slow down, girl. Slow down. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a peak guy, so I <laughs> preach got, a little. You gonna preach today? Jeez. I preach a little. I felt that already. <laughs> Look, what's, what's the time? <laughs> Jeez. All right, let's keep going. This is good. I feel like mm. you definitely have a way with your words. Mm. And you... <laughs> <laughs> but you express this. Initially through drama, performing yeah. arts, but writing. Mm. You are a good writer. Oh, thanks, which is that. incredible. And um, it seemed that that was your first kind of like creative work-wise mm. career outlet. Because like, you was writing for your, your student paper from college and, yeah, uni, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So um, where did the actual idea to actually get into presenting come for, from? Whether it was from performing arts or writing or like, you know, I feel like... As creatives, we can do it all. Yeah. But where does the presenting part come from? Do you know what? I've always done presenting, but that just wasn't the thing that was like, that kind of made me first. So basically, um, I used to do like roving reporter work for a company called Winkball. Mm -hmm. Basically, they they couldn't thrive now because you have TikTok, but they send you to events and you just do Vox Pops. It's like this kind of stuff. And they pay like 50 quid. Fair enough. Event. And it was actually not bad money at the That's time. That's all right. And I would do, I did a series called Get Fit with Jackie. Like I did loads wow. of different bits on there. Um, and I also, I used to work behind the scenes in TV. So I used to be, do standing work. Uh, I was on this show with Amanda Holden called I've Got Something to Tell You as one of her on-screen waitresses. So I'd always Amazing. done bits of bobs, but it wasn't like in your face. Yeah. It was almost so niche. And like, if you see it, you see it, but most people probably won't. Right. Okay. But the writing was the first thing for me that kind of gave me a voice Amazing. in terms of like a public voice. Yeah. So, um, you know, writing for the Metro and, you know, like Refining29 and Stylist and things like that have really helped me in terms of just like, you book up because I mean, I feel like in this industry, you can't just be like, I want to be a presenter. Like, what have you done? <laughs> no, that's true It's though. true, you're not Like wrong. people are like, okay, but, where can I see you? Yeah, what, what is channel? what's happening? Mm-hmm. Like, where is... And for me, I was like, okay, cool. Like, if I do this, then you, it's almost like you have a calling card. That's what they call it, right? Okay. So then you're not just like a random, you're now a writer because you've written. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's like Jackie who writes. Yeah, was, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. almost like need to have a thing. Yeah. And then you can't just like show up and be like, 
So for me, writing was yeah. a good way to just be like, oh, I have a voice yeah. and this does get engagement and people are interested or whatever. Okay. So writing was always like a great avenue for me. But then I think doing the podcasting and stuff then put me in a different direction, which was good. And then I, I suppose I'm like juggling both in a good way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's been a real, I'm not even going to lie. It has been a hustle. Girl. A hustle and a hot like I'm tired. I hit me too. Like oh my god! <laughs> but the fact that you have pe- persevered yeah. and you're here yeah. and your voice is being heard Woo! is testament to it's gonna work work out in the end. Oh it, yes, Do you Definitely. know what I mean. And you're only, you're only just getting started, I might really I add. Am. So and you've already done so much more because your LinkedIn is looking like. Uh, a whole shopping list of, <laughs> <You're too much. laughs> of credentials, which is beautiful. Um, but kind of going back to what you said, hmm. anyone can be a presenter now. Hmm. <laughs> no, Jackie, stop. <laughs> it's true though. I'm such an anti. You are anti, but we'll do it together because hmm. we've got the TikTok stars, we've got the YouTube stars. No shade, guys. No shade. Yeah. We love that. There's so many creatives out there, but it is hard to know that we went to uni. We got a degree. Right. We studied broadcast journalism. We did it like, I guess you could say, we played the long game in that sense in terms of getting the degree and all that kind of totally, stuff. So, totally. so was you always conscious of, I need to get the qualifications or did you think, mm, I could just wing it? No, I knew I needed to get the qualifications. I was obsessed and I still am. I'm obsessed with the media. Like yeah. I read so many articles. I read so many... I'm always reading and researching stuff all the time. And I knew that, right, if I want to be a presenter uh, or a journalist, I need to be, like, qualified in this. Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, you... And, my, and of course, as you know, our broadcast journalism is, is, is like, NCTJ qualified. Yeah. So you are... You literally are a trained journalist. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I want to be, like the best of the best at what I'm doing and be qualified in that. 100%. Rather than just be someone that's like, oh, I want to be a presenter. Um, I didn't like my course, I'm not going to lie, but I found it really hard. Oh my but, gosh, me too. Yeah, it was really I'm hard. I'm so glad you said that because I thought I was the only one that was like, right, this is... It was hard. I was always resitting stuff in the summer. Like, I was... I, I, I didn't I do as good hard. as I could have. Yeah, me too. In my opinion. I got two two. Oh, same girl. Did you? Well done. Yes, two two crew. <laughs> we made it. But to be honest, on my course, I'm the only one doing TV present. Like, oh my god, it's it's true. true. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Now <laughs> we are throwing so much shade, but not in a bad way because we all worked hard for our qualification. No, we did. And regardless of the grade, it's what you do with it. But this is the thing, right? When I finished uni, uh, I already had work experience. At, actually, work experience at Global. Oh, sick. I was one of the street stars. Yes, he was a street star. Yeah, so by the time I had found out what my degree was, I didn't really care because I was <laughs> like... Thanks. And I had a job at... A, a, I got a job at a TV production company. So I was like, isn't this kind of what you go to uni for? Yeah. And I already had that. And I do remember my dad saying to me that, you know, some people, their skill is like being super academic. Mm. And some people, their skills is actually people being a people person that yeah. is a skill and that's True. not something that your university can measure you can't so, teach that yeah so he yeah. was like that is your skill so that's yeah. what you should just focus on and he's like but you've got the degree and that's great and yeah. I was like cool it yeah. always helps to no back it, it does yeah. it definitely does but yeah I think it's such a different world now I don't think 
uh, people who want to become presenters now need to play the long game because mm. you can literally start today on a you know on TikTok. Obviously, you've got to be very good at it, of course. But you know, in a year's time, your life could be completely different. You could be getting brand deals. You don't have to do the 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 whole hustling, you know, pitching for your life. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's a different. But you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. That's good because I think. Um, when you've actually like grinded for something, you appreciate it so much more when it happens. You're Absolutely. like, I deserve this. It's, yeah. There's no imposter syndrome. What's imposter syndrome when I've been grinding for so, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, this is, this, respectfully, this is what is, was going to happen. You know, it's like, you've got to have that. And yeah. you have that because you grinded so much. Whereas maybe if things were coming like this and like that, and mm -hmm. it's, you wouldn't really be able to like feel it as much because it's just like coming so quickly. Yeah. You know? I love that. And you definitely grinded because even looking at what you've done, you, you you already lined up the the work experience. You was a, a Capital Street star, and even all through uni, uh, you you hosted numerous student radio shows, which I think is so sick. Yeah, <laughs> you had like so many like you was a duo. You yeah, did yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh in God, vision, no. out of vision, like you literally did everything. Yeah. You had a fashion segment in the university paper yeah. as well. It seems like you was very conscious about creating opportunities for yourself as well as going like you know applying. So. What were you actually doing to put yourself out there? When I was in university? Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I was, like, up for anything. I was, like, <laughs> I would do anything. I mean, I worked in a prison when I was oh. in uni as well. And to be honest, I always wanted to do things that would help me learn more about people. Amazing. Because I thought, well, if I want to be a good journalist, I need to actually speak to people that are different from me because if you're only speaking to people in your circle then it means that you can't actually converse with other people who are different yeah so I always wanted to welcome opportunities that meant I would be in my comfort zone but if that meant I could learn about someone so yeah I worked in a prison which is actually quite scary I'm not gonna lie of course um that sounds scary yeah it was quite scary I'm not, I wouldn't do it now as a teenager well uni student yeah right. I was 20 yeah I wouldn't do that now like, I used yeah. to have nightmares oh gosh. um and then uh, I was a student ambassador, so Amazing. I would go around into different colleges and encourage lots of young people to venture into higher education Amazing. as well as like mentoring them and stuff like that. So I was always like wanting to just learn and understand mm -hmm. like, you know, Joe Public. Yeah. Because I think if you can do that, then you can kind of almost like understand the world a bit more and like you, the way you, you actually do your work is different. It makes different. so much sense. Yeah. So, um, and I think if I didn't do all those things, I probably wouldn't even like you know have done a documentary in the way that i did it because mm. i wanted to make sure like everybody could feel seen you know, which is a very hard thing to do when That's it's cute. just one person yeah so. we are definitely going to be talking about the doc um but sticking on the you know putting putting yourself out there getting opportunities mm. i know you know that you needed a show reel Mm -hmm. very early on yeah like that's part of the whole broadcast journalism thing like get your demos get your yeah. reels get all that kind of stuff so what kind of content was you creating was you one of the vox pop i mean you mentioned the the channel yeah. you worked for was you making vox pops i was doing vox did... pop yeah doing vox pops in like random places like we'd do you know like bally ballison jumping in balls i did this like london loo tour where, oh, sorry, what? Yeah, this woman, she shows you all the loos in like London and she's like holding this uh, toilet plunger around like this. She disgusting. showed me the Jubilee where the, where, the, where the queen used to do a poo. She's got her own security guard and they changed the toilet seat every single time. Because, For the queen? Yeah, because someone would try and sell it on eBay. Oh. So did yeah yeah because it's like people are just weird. So you were meeting some. Interesting... I was doing some random things. So my literally show was full of me like on a London loo tour, like jumping into like. <laughs> 
doing um, speed dating with your dog, beer yoga. All of these like, things I have never heard random, of. <laughs> you know, in London, like there's always random things. We need to watch our show. Yeah, it's like random <laughs> stuff like that. And I just, I absolutely loved it because oh it's like, gosh. oh, like you're getting out there, you're meeting people. Yeah. Um, and so I probably have like five show reels, but like, do you, do we need show reels now in 2023? Like, I don't even know. Like, do people Ooh. watch people's show reels? Because these times people just see a little TikTok and then they go, we want her. That is a good question. Like, sh- maybe show reels is very... But interestingly enough, a TikTok can't really translate Mm. all of your versatility like a showreel could or is that up for debate i don't know true but then i guess like you almost have to be out there enough that people don't like they they've been able to like make a decision on who you are so then you don't need a showreel because it's like oh i've seen her here and i've seen her there and she's great this is a plot twist on the mainstream right now because this (laughs) is like yeah the, the the everyone believes that the be all and end all in the you know creative industry as a presenter as a you know, radio host mm. is get your reel out. Yeah, but I don't think it is anymore. Interesting, because everything is a reel. Like, Literally, everything is a reel. Like Instagram, Instagram stole that name. Instagram's reels. <laughs> yeah, TikTok is reels. Like everything is a reel. So actually, wow. I don't feel like you need a show reel. What people really need to see is like online stuff. Okay, like I feel like that's what people want. Like, where's the link to your like show? Like people just want to. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's that, like... But then that's the that's the point. It's like, when you're coming into the industry, yeah. how do you create the show? So it's almost mm. like you need to get the little bits of experience to put together. I mean, th- I feel like this is a debate well, you need to you, put well, out Well, you also, you need money to even create the content in that's the true. first place. I think it's... I, just, I, think, I do think it's... Um, I do think in two, this is this is what I think. I think in some ways it's easier mm. to become a presenter, but in some, in a lot of ways it's harder because actually every if everybody's a presenter, then you have to be even more exceptional. Oof. Do you know what I mean? Like it was different before, where like someone could be a nobody, then they get a job on Blue Peter, and then they become a star overnight or whatever. Yeah. But now, like basically everybody's everyone's got TikTok, everyone can talk to camera, whatever. That's true. So it's like you literally have to be super exceptional yeah so it's that's where i think it's kind of harder and but then i think if you've played the long game then you like you're a bit more you've got more tenacity Mm. i think you're almost a bit more like um i think you can push yourself more yeah because you've been doing it for longer whereas maybe if you've just started you might feel really intimidated by that. Loads of people are doing it and then you're like, oh, I'm not doing it anymore. That is some or like maybe you do. for thought. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe yeah. you drop like 10 TikToks and like no one's watched it and then you're like, oh, I'm done, I'm leaving. I'm going back to my office job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas for sure. us, like... What, there it's, is it's no... Go, it's, it's go hard or go home. Yeah, that is... Do you know what I mean? Jackie, please don't upset me today with all these amazing gems because... <laughs> We're not even halfway. Like, relax. Honestly, isn't it? I'm such a media geek. No, but this is good because this is why we we have these discussions because the world is changing. Mm. There's so many creatives that want to get in, but like they might be having questions like, "Yeah, but my TikTok bangs. Why am I not getting booked, baby?" <laughs> it isn't just about that. Yeah. Also, so, who do you know? Yeah. Like, who like it's. There's so much more to it than, yeah. than the what meets the eye right now, which is really, really interesting. But um, I think it's amazing that when you did graduate mm. from Nottingham Train, I almost went there. Did you? It was between that and Leeds. Okay. But Leeds I went to Leeds. Oh, all right. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Birmingham City was my second. Oh, I don't think the course was there when I wanted to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. for some reason, broadcast journalism was only 
in a few places. Yeah. But it's probably everywhere now. Done wonders for so many people. Mm. I know quite a few presenters that have done the course. Mm. Um, did you actually have a plan? Like, obviously you said you had the Capital Street Stars lined up. You had the internships and mm -hmm. stuff like that lined up. But was you like, right, got to get my show on MTV and then I'm going to be famous? Like, did you see it like that? No, I... Basically, I knew I was going to do this. Yeah. So I realised when I finished uni, um, I got a TV job and stuff like that. And then I kind of became freelance again. I realised that the TV industry was changing. Yes. So you needed, you couldn't be a generic presenter anymore. You needed product, you needed a niche, you needed something. Yeah. So as I was like writing and things like that, I realised, okay, cool. I need to tap into something that feels like me. Mm. It took me a very long time, believe it or not, even though they were sitting on my chest the whole time. <laughs> I, you know, it's that feeling of like, okay, what do I, what do I want my message in the world to be? I always wanted oh, to do things of impact, yeah. but it's like, how, like, where do you start? What's the thing? Yeah. And then I just started writing about having big boobs and then it kind of then, and then I obviously started podcast and then it kind of like, but I always knew I was going to do something like this. Amazing. I probably didn't realize I'd be doing it at the early stages of my career, I guess. Okay. And maybe I would have done this, maybe if the industry was, you know, the way it used to be, I might have done this like, you know, like for example, uh, I use Davina McCall as an example. I was literally yeah. going to say Davina. She's like, now she's a bit older. She can do like menopause and those topics. Yeah. Whereas I'm starting off with boobs, like as a sort of factual entertainment-y thing. Yeah. And then maybe I'll get more into entertainment. And then, do you know what I mean? It's like almost like I'm working backwards yeah. in a way because you, we live in a very like niche not for everyone, but I think we live in a very kind of niche dominated industry. Like, what's your thing? Like, what's when people thing? think of you, what does comes to mind? Because you cannot be generic because yeah. essentially everybody's generic. Yeah. So you have to have a thing. And that's the thing that can be quite hard, I think, sometimes. Because you don't want to become okay. a spokesperson. You want to present. And it's like, there's a fine line. Do you know what I mean? I never And then you become ever. an activist. And you're like, well, I'm not really an activist. I just, you know what I mean? You, there's like a fine line yeah. where it's a very like... Do you feel like you're... No. Okay, good. I was going to say. I think I've done certain things, even like moving forward, things that I'm doing are a bit like... Because I'm also trying to change that perception of me slightly because I'm a bit like, you don't want people to think like, that's all you can talk about. Right. Do you know what I mean? Got like you. you're, we're actually like trained and skilled yes like hello yeah so you know i'm a journalist darling. yeah 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 i was like i'm a journalist darling <laughs> so there's still certain things but yeah in my mind i knew like i was going to do something like this i just mm. didn't realize it was going to be now fair fair i mean i love that you had the foresight of you know like you said impact that's such an important thing like yeah. you're doing it with purpose which is oh my god i cannot do it. you know what <laughs> i cannot do it any any other way yeah i just don't think i think it's like you either have to choose impact or relevance right Ooh. because right because it's are you just gonna chase the trends right or are right. you doing it because you really right love it? and that might and, and the impact might not get numbers but just because that's something facts. isn't talked about now doesn't mean that like whatever you do won't be the cultural conversation in two years very true so you almost just have to like choose the thing that it feels the most honest and the most you and like follow that mm. do you know what I mean because I feel like following relevancy will not fulfill me I agree like I, agree. I don't think I you know what I mean I just don't think I can uh, literally we already said we're tired we can't be running these races chasing everything so right. do you know what I mean I just <laughs> I'm like and also I just feel like I'm at an age where I'm like I don't want to you want to live a soft life yeah <laughs>
Yeah, you are such out. a soft life girl as well. I just... <laughs> you want to enjoy yourself. Yeah, I want to enjoy myself. And I just think that I've never been like someone who's like that obsessed with being like relevant. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, it's really like important. chasing it. Yeah. Because anyway. I feel like some people want to be famous. Yeah. Some people want to create amazing impactful stories yeah and that's do you want to be famous nah i have no desire to be famous yeah like i want to love my job yeah and be good at it yeah but i have no intention of being chased down the road oh my god when you're like coming out of the gym and they're like ramel ramel over here over here (laughs) you're like oh my god guys (laughs) the joke no pictures please the joke is like majority of the time i look like i just woke up (laughs) <laughs> so I couldn't oh you're the perfect famous person there then. <laughs> they, the paps would love oh, my love like look at her oh my god looking mash up like I don't want that yeah, like yeah, just yeah. catch me on a good day I'm yeah. ready for my photo now yeah for my interview and that's it like that's where I'm at how yeah. about you is fame has a fame ever crossed your mind um I want to be well known mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily want to be I mean it's hard because it's like well in today's climate, like, if you're famous, then, like, if you're not famous, then where are you on the spectrum of, like... But, but, but think, in a TV, for a t- from a TV lens, Yeah, I mean. for presenters, it's different, though. Yeah. Because you can be famous. Yeah. But then you can also be, oh, oh there's... Yeah. There's Jackie. Oh, yeah. hi, Jackie. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I prefer that. You don't have... To, oh, I love your show, Jackie. Or, like, a mature... You know what? I want a mature fame. <laughs> What's a mature fame? Like a... Like a Charlene White or like an okay. Andrew Oliver. Like yes. it's like you're in Tesco and they're like, hello! And you're like, you're right, babe! <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? But like, yes. you'll get packed at the right events, but no one's following me to buy some oat milk in the morning. That's what I want to. Like a mature also. fame. Mature you know what I mean? fame. But the cabbie's like, oh, why aren't you on BBC One early? And you're like, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's fine. <laughs> where are you off to now? Yeah. Chops. <laughs> yeah, but not like where you're like... Or maybe like little, little photos at a festival when you're like, oh, like, oh, I just get egg teeny. Like, so maybe like, yeah. I can't like believe mature fame. we've never had a conversation <laughs> like this on the mainstream where we decide what kind of fame yeah. we are. But it's a real thing. Like, it's it's like a bit like, you know, it's just like, it's not too much. Yeah. It's just like, it's when you want it. It's when you want it. I'll write this down. This is what we're... It's when you want it. When the dress is giving, the makeup is like... Agreed. glistening the hair is laid and the cameras are out it's like honey I'm, I've arrived <laughs> <laughs> and it's like oh let me give it to you for the back oh, like, that's the fame I want I'm with you and like Jackie just one more it's like, oh, okay <laughs> and then you start running sorry guys I've got to go thank you so much <laughs> you have finished me yes that's the fame we aspire mature to mature fame honey mature fame I love it well she's doing it She's getting booked. She's getting busy. <laughs> We're working on that mature thing. So let's reflect on uh, the real early days. So you mentioned mm. the the fifty pound. Yes, wink like, ball. Wink, wink ball. Wink ball. I know. Bless them. I know. What an unusual. Very unusual. People ask like, why is it? All... I'm like, don't know. <laughs> don't know. I just work. I'm here. just here to just get paid. Yeah. So that was. I guess probably some of your early presenting yeah. Yeah. paid gigs. Did you ever have the query of like oh how much should I actually be getting paid for this do you know what I didn't have that until about a couple of years ago when I started getting yeah so when I started actually you know you know women's hour get in touch or I don't know like 
radio stations want you to come and talk about something, then I'd be like, if they if, if they just they don't actually mention money, I'm like, mm. should I be getting paid? Like, and so then I would ask, and then they're like, oh yeah, and I'm like, yeah. well, if I didn't ask, and they would, you know what I mean? So yeah. then it was that kind of stuff. Um, because I do feel like um, the conversation, like there are not enough conversations around like rates. Of course not. Um, in our industry. Because it almost feels like they don't want us to know. Yeah. Like don't say anything until they ask. And I'm like, <laughs> and I want to add black tax onto it. Because I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Well, I just, because I just think that, I mean, there is all, I mean, even in the um, influencer world, mm. there is obviously like a racial pay gap. 100%. So then there definitely is one within us where we are. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I say black tax is just that like, I'll just be adding an extra, I mean, not me, but probably my agent, you know, it's adding because it probably will be not equal to someone maybe who's white and maybe, maybe even like... Or male or... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, um, but yeah, only a few, two or a few years ago. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't really... And then I was like, oh. And then when I got an agent, mm-hmm. then that changed everything. Because I think I was definitely like shortchanging myself. Yeah. When you meet... I'm just making the, stuff up. Yeah, when you meet the agent and they're like, well, the industry standard is. And you're like, oh. Oh. I was only charging like 150 pounds. Right. Well, I could add a zero. Right. Grand and a half. Cool. It's right. It's like, like hello. crazy. Yeah. You didn't even know. Yeah. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, again, you've definitely proven that you know how to get the jobs in. Uh, like you said, you <laughs> mentioned working with the Metro, uh, Stylist Magazine, Refinery29, so many incredible, incredible uh, brands and like publications and of course I met you through the Edinburgh TV Festival yes. when you was a co- coordinator but you doubled yeah. as a presenter yeah. which I absolutely love because you hosted their official podcast which you created yes I rave so much for that say it loud uh, interviewing TV talent and then of course the legend that is Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg. Yes. amazing yeah. so tell us how did you push for those opportunities because they are definitely opportunities that you created for yourself mm-hmm. especially with say it loud you know I'm sure a lot of people are scared to to go from the coordination role to present a role so how was you kind of like letting them know by the way I'm a presenter like okay. what was what was the kind of conversations to get those opportunities on screen okay so I knew that I wanted to do presenting. I always knew that's what I wanted to do. But I got to a point where when I left the TV industry, I realised I was having, I would I would say to my producers on TV shows when I was like a researcher, mm. I'd be like, oh, can I be a standing presenter? Whatever. If the presenter doesn't show up. Because that's how I used to read, like, that's how Dermot O'Leary got the job and whatever. Okay. So I'd say that when I was, and they'd go, oh, you know, Jackie, don't worry, just sort of focus on the job or we'll let you know, whatever. And I started <laughs> yeah. to realise that, um, it's because people just see you as the re- your current role, right? 100%. And so I was like, okay, yep. well, this isn't working for me. So I left the TV industry. Yeah. And then I was like a, like a teaching assistant for a bit in a random school teaching. Really? Course. Yeah. And then um, I was like, cool. I need to meet people. Like I need to get to the root. I, want to, I don't need to meet middlemen. I need to meet the right people. Like, how am I going to do that? Yeah. Anyway, a friend had messaged me and said, um, Edinburgh TV Festival are looking for... A talent schemes assistant is what how I started. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, I was coming from a job being like, you know, a producer and the pay was like runner's pay. Yeah. And I was literally at the bottom as in like, I was always 
buying the milk for the office, yeah. replacing the loo roll. I was doing this again. Yeah. And I was like, I have to do this because I need to like meet people. I know Edinburgh TV Festival, everyone goes there. Of course. So, but I also wanted to work there because I also wanted to help shape, you know, their schemes. Yeah. So yeah, applied for the job, got it. Um, and then obviously they made me, you know, they had loads of interviews. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, so what happened was, I was as I was doing that job, I was still writing and I was working yeah. after work. Uh, and then, um, and I was also doing like speed dating, hosting, et cetera, et cetera. And then there was one time I wrote a Metro article and I would hide the work that I do, by the way. Like what? I would not, sh- I would not tell them I was doing it because I didn't want them to think I didn't care about the job. Oh, I'm sure look, it's, it's different now, but I feel like at the time, like if you had a second job, it was like you, cheating. Yeah. It was a bit <laughs> like, oh, you didn't want them to think you weren't focused. Right. Even I though to, they, I mean, yeah. that was my own misjudgment because they were so welcoming, but yeah. I just didn't say anything. And then there was, then my manager must have messaged me and be like, are you like in the Metro? And I was like. What, my other job? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, shh. Uh, yeah. She's like, oh, it's amazing. And you know, then you come into work and everyone's like, oh, oh. And then I just see it on the screen. I'm like, this is, oh, this is too much. Like, I was, yeah. And they were like, oh my God, you should have told us. And I was like, oh, like, this is just so awkward. And then I was still hiding stuff because I just felt, and then I had a good chat with my boss at the time, Campbell. And mm. I was like, look, like, I really want to do presenting. And, you know, the new voice awards, mm. they didn't have presenter categories. <gasps> and I pitched You're it. You're lying. Yeah. That's like the hot new category now. Yeah. Up until 2019, they did not have presenter categories. Oh my goodness. So I pitched for it, for debut presenter and future presenter. And wow. they said, yeah. Well done. Yeah. That's a huge impact yeah. that you've made in the industry, by the way. Because oh. people recognise that well. as the place to find rising talent. Well, well, it, and I, you know, you've got to be able to get into the fabric of these things and try yeah. and shape whilst you're there. Even Let if them not know what, what is missing. Yeah. yeah. And so did that. And then um, they, and then obviously the pandemic happened. Yeah. And I got furloughed for seven months. Damn. And in that time I came up with Boobshare. Oh, Global. amazing. And then by that time, because they obviously could see, and then I also came up with Say It Loud as well. So I was doing those two both at the same time. And then uh, they could obviously see like, oh, okay, she's actually... She's a real presenter. Yeah. Yeah. And then they obviously asked me to interview Whoopi Goldberg. And then after that, I left. Because you were like, CV, showreel, done. Done. Amazing. Yeah. And it was hard to leave because I love the team you know when you work somewhere with yeah. people and you I mean just... you still work with them now like hosting panels and all yeah, that kind I of guess, stuff yeah I guess but not a... like do you know what I mean this is the, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always humbled when they ask me because mm. I'm like oh like thank you so much because but you know it was working there mm. changed everything for me wow in so many ways positively positively Good. nothing negative Good. because you I learned how to talk to commissioners like not Yes. Like I have no issue going up to a commissioner and like chatting. Whereas I think before you're like, oh, it's a commissioner, it's a commissioner. Whereas now, you know, cause we just around those people. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes they'll be emailing you being like, oh, I'd love to be on the advisory this year. And you're the one that almost gets it. Do you know what I mean, you then realize oh, they're just people. Like, wow. Yeah. The shoe is on it the other me foot to, there. It taught yeah. me how to move. Yeah. So amazing. I'm really grateful for that experience. That's and I incredible. think, you know, um, um, and it's a, and it's a great thing. And obviously, we met through there. Yeah, of course. Literally. I remember when you emailed. Because was it something about the presenters? Yeah, debut and, present. No, yeah. well, not debut. I think I asked, "Am I eligible?" 
And you were like, yeah. Ramel, you are way too qualified to be a debut presenter. And I was yeah. like, damn it. But then I think I like emailed you and I was like, but I, I think I said I wanted you to get involved. I wanted you to do yeah, something. Yeah, you said, I think you offered me yeah. something else. And I was like, oh, me? Yeah. Who, me? <laughs> Did you do the presenter? I think I was a judge. Yes, you I were. I was a judge. I you were on the jury. I was on the jury for the jury. Yeah. I've completely forgot about yeah. that. Listen, you're on the jury, honey. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jackie. So, no, because I always saw what you were doing and yeah. I wanted to help. And I think at the time, they, like, felt so separate from, like, people were like us. I agree. So now it's, I like, agree. intertwining that. because Yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't for you with that, the mainstream wouldn't have had collabs with the Edinburgh TV Festival well, or the TV you, Foundation. But, yeah. Thank you. But also the introduction, like, you yeah. know, being welcomed into the space, is, yeah. it, it makes such a difference. No, so, totally. Well done for making those power moves inside. Thank you. The, the organisation, because that's you. amazing. Now, we've talked a lot about stuff that you've done independently, mm. but you got an agent now. I do. Those zeros are adding Lovely up. Lovely Lorna. Yes. <laughs> so how important do you think it is for a presenter to have an agent? Very oh. important. But what I will say is that your agent works, but you got to work too. True. Because sometimes I think there's this idea that when you get an agent, right, I can relax, sit back. <laughs> My agent's going to do everything. And it's not true. What's like, the jobs rolling? Yeah, no, you've babe. got to literally... Hustle, if not harder. Like I, I think of it as like you work from the front, your agent works from the back. Yeah, that's kind of how I That's see a it. Great way to put it. Because actually, you're a team. Yeah. And you're never really doing anything independently. Yeah. Um, I would also say, um, where if you're a budding presenter, I would say like. I think I was in a big rush to have an agent really quickly. Okay. And actually, which is not bad, but I think you, it's a relationship. It's yeah. like, you, like you're basically dealing with another person that's kind of in charge of your career. And I think it's really important to, um, like you have to be quite mature. Do you okay. know what I mean? To be able to, I think to be able to, because your, your agent's not always going to do things that you like. And you need to be able to talk to them, not from a like overly emotional perspective, but- Oh gosh, I'm always crying on the phone to my mum. Are you? <laughs> Are you actually always crying? Like, not because of bad things. Okay, because of work. Because of the, I think it's really important that your, your agent or manager pushes you to make the decisions that are really right, of course. right for you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's been times where I'm like, I don't know if this is what I want. And then yeah. she's like, well, babe, call me tomorrow and we'll discuss it again. Like sleep on it, pray on yeah, it, whatever yeah, you yeah, need yeah, to do. Yeah. Oh, that's such and great advice. Literally, yeah. cause I'm like, oh, actually I'm not sure if I'm ready to make this big life decision. And like you said, the yeah. relationship is important. Having that totally. conversation. But you have to be like mature enough to be able to like, actually like sustain because it could just be because remember like our agents are not our therapists do you know mm. what i mean there's like a fine line yeah, they have their true. own boundaries so you <laughs> almost have to be mature enough to recognize like what it is like they're not your parent they're not your carer like yeah. they're this an additional person in your life yeah, and so true. it's just having the maturity to understand that because i'm sure there are a lot of agents out there where their client literally thinks that they're th they're their therapist and it's like they're trying to work out what the do you know what i mean because that's crazy it is so it's true it is such a like, it's so sensitive because it's our it dreams. Is. It is sensitive. So it's like, 
you know, and sometimes I think it's hard because there's, we put a lot of pressure on age. I think, I don't know how, one of my good friends, uh, Mindy, as you know, yeah. she's an Asian and I'm always like, I don't know how you do it because I feel like talent, like we're actually just like chaotic. We're babies. Like we on a Monday morning, holding. morning, full, um, any news on this? Any news on this? Any news on that? Like they've looked at the Cheerios. Like it's just so unhinged. Do you know what I mean? It's like, is this how you talk to your agent? No, it's not. But I'm like, just doing it in a dramatic like, way. Jackie, we need to discuss this. No, but do you know what I mean? It's actually quite unhinged the way you just like come at them. Yeah. Do you not know think? I mean, I've never done that. But... How do you, so how do you speak to her? Maybe I'm, I'm just unhinged then. How do you speak to her? <laughs> just checking in. Just following up. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. That's yeah? kind of what I do. Yeah, but we cool. chat. We chat, we chat. We okay, cool. Just check, in. just check no, in. No, yeah, 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 yeah. But I just feel like I am like, any news on this, any news. So sometimes yeah, it's like, oh, am I annoying? But like, you're also no, like, but you know. I think, I think, like you said, it's a relationship. You have the expectation that you're going to yeah. speak regularly. Yeah. And I think for for some people that have agents that they don't speak to regularly, you need to really... Oh, I couldn't even cope with that. Like, That's... we need to sp- basically speak like a good two, three, four times. Y- you need to communicate with yeah. your agent so they know where you're at, you know where yeah. they're at. Yeah. And like, what's And point? brain farts. I think if you can have a brain fart with your agent, that's yeah. really good. Like, sometimes I'll be like, I've got a brain fart, like, I just need to like, and she's like, right, I'm listening, like, it's a podcast. I'll just be like, mm, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? That's and that's really important because you need that... Um, you know, I think it's really hard to find, I think, a good agent, like, because everybody's different and you need to find someone that's like, gets your vibe. 100%. And I think that's the really hard part because sometimes you might think someone gets your vibe and then maybe they have a different idea of like, what kind of talent you should be. And you're like, mm, that's not really what I'm trying to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, they, they need have to actually to understand like, yeah. what, what you are. Exactly that. And that's really, you know, and you also have to feel empowered to tell your agent, like, that's, I, I'm not into that. Yeah. Or this, yeah, is yeah. Who I'm, this is what I'm trying to do. Because I know a lot of people with agents who they feel like they cannot even like, talk to, talk them, to their yeah. agent. I'm yeah. like, that's so crazy to that's me. Not, that's not a relationship. No, it's not. That's... And you would not be like that with your, you know, in a relationship with your, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend. Mm. So it's like, you've got to have the communication. Exactly. I totally agree. I love that. Well, I mean, from early, we can tell that you are a PK. (laughs) This girl can preach. And you have actually made that part of your career, being such an incredible mentor, confidence coach. And um, I feel like you've always been empowering women to be their best selves. But also, most importantly, be proud, curve queens and that confidence, oozing it from every... Yes. Everywhere. Everywhere. Every wobble, every jiggle. So where did this come from? Because I love that you're so unapologetic and that you want to kind of pass this on to others. So... Where's that? I'm always in my bra and pant. Um, <laughs> it's, it came from, I think, many years of feeling like I was, you know, ashamed of myself. Oh, like, wow. because I think growing up having big boobs, your dad's a pastor. There's a lot of shame that I think, especially in our communities, that they don't realise, oh, dress decent or, mm. you know, like, oh, like, why are you wearing that? Or that's too um, revealing. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm just just wearing something. I'm not trying to do anything. Yeah. So there's a lot of judgment early on. And that made me feel really confused and conflicted about yeah. who I was. And it felt like the only time people had anything to say to me was about changing something because clearly I was making lots of people, uncles and aunties feel uncomfortable or they would report me, you know, oh, she's wearing this. So then, you know, there's that famous quote, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Oh, that ain't famous to me, but I'm gonna write that down. Eleanor Roosevelt. (laughs) Okay. So 
I started to realize when I went to uni that I actually didn't feel like shit about myself. I realized that people were making me feel shit. So if I wow. separate my feel, my the way I feel about myself from what they say to me, I realize, oh, where I'm standing, I'm actually good. Mm-hmm. It's just this noise. Mm. So if I separate myself from the noise, I can truly start to hear my voice. So when I started doing that, I realized that, you know, it's obviously not as simple as that. It's a process. But as I started doing that, I started to feel more confident in my own skin. Yeah. Not, you know, not just inside, but actually outside. Because yeah. I'm like, you know what? If, because someone might say to you like, oh, your belly's getting big. But you might be like, I like the jiggle. What's your problem? Full stop. Yeah. And that can sometimes make you feel like, oh, like maybe I should. But if you weren't feeling that way before, I mean, it's so easy for people to get in your heads. And for me, that's why. And also I think like, even as a black woman, Mm -hmm. I think there's there's also this like, which I think I like, I don't have, but I could feel it when I was younger. This like almost like good girl trope of like being really well behaved and being like, you know, not being mischievous and just like standing in line and, uh, Mm. and I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to be who I am and be free in, in myself. Definitely. Whatever that looks like to me. So that's kind of, you know, why I'm the way I am. And I'm like, because I just think when you've been punched down on a lot, mm. you, you know, you want to start to gravitate towards things that make you feel more alive and you want to tap into who you are away from what other people's like preconceived notions are about you. So that's yeah. why I like want to celebrate people and I'm like, love yourself. And like, you know, like yourself. Like I'm literally best friends with myself. I love that. I'm like, because RuPaul said it. If you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. That's right. So it's really, you know what I mean? (laughs) So that's why I think for me, I am the way I am. I'm like, you know what? No one is going to make me feel crap anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to channel that energy into being a positive person and, and enjoying myself. Beautiful. So um, I'm also starting a newsletter about it. So. Oh, okay. I'm going to sign up, girl. More than a I need this. Substack.com. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm here for it. Well, this is exactly why so many people have fallen in love with you oh, since you've re- released you. your incredible podcast, Boob Share, but of course, Channel 4's Untold my big boobs documentary that was so powerful oh, i know you. so many women who have really? felt seen wow have actually looked into how they can look after themselves or get care for you know dealing with back conditions or all kinds of conditions Amazing. to do with having big boobs so well done huge congratulations on that documentary Thanks, like i loved watching it oh thank you and um i just think it's really important that that was something that you are advocating for. Yeah, thank you. Because it's something that's really, like I said at the beginning, it's quite taboo. Yeah. No one likes talking about boobs. No. And of course, it's super personal for you because you were even reflecting on, should I yeah. get a breast reduction? Oh should I not? And all that. The fact that you let us into that that world, because we see you celebrating big boobs, hmm. but then you actually questioned, oh, should I? Yeah. What should I do? Mm. So how did that doc actually come about? Good question. So, um, shout out to Simeon Brown. He's the breast. Do you know Simeon? Yeah, I haven't actually met him, but I know he's an incredible, incredible like he's journalist. He's such an icon. And, yeah, he is the he puts the eye in icon. Aww. So he, I actually met him at the TV festival because he was doing the Louis Theroux, which you were. Oh, stop. <laughs> I was a you finalist. Nearly won. Yeah, you nearly I was won. A finalist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, he was the host. Yeah. So he broke my heart. But it's all right. <laughs> 
be you like, know what? you can say that you were fine. Like, that's a quite good thing to put on your CV. Oh my God, it's on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, on there. It's amazing. It's on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, me and Simeon had crossed paths a little bit because we both used to work in the ITM building, but I had oh, never okay. actually met him properly. So we got talking there and then we always just kept in touch. And then he was doing a little bit on the untold strand. He's not there anymore, but right. he'd gone back. And he was just saying, look, you know, I was always talking to him about different ideas. And he's like, well, you know, I think untold are looking for some stuff, like send me stuff over. So I sent over a lot, really. Yeah. And then um, Debbie, I'm sure you know Debbie Ramsey. I've never met Debbie. Debbie Ramsey. I don't think I've met her. Oh, she's... I know of her, but never okay. met her. She's like a legend. Wow. She, uh, um... I love how you're just name dropping. <laughs> No, because she's a legend. Yeah. She's like, icon. Um, And she was like, um, he sent the idea to her. I guess Mm. she was his boss. And then um, she said she liked the boob idea. Perfect. Um, And it needed a bit of development. Then then they paired me with Acme. Yes. Good. Great. And then, yeah, yeah, which was really fun. And then it took a long time. It took like nine months. Is that a long, long time in Doc World? Well... Some people's docs get commissioned because these are quite quick turnaround. Some people right. takes like not that long. But oh, I don't enough. know. This just took long. Um, so it got actually officially greenlit in December last year. Wow! And then we started shooting in February, um, and yeah, that's kind of how it was. Uh, I was really pleased because um, I pitched this idea to other channels and mm-hmm. they're like no it's an old story no it feels like old oh. story oh yeah they were all like oh Jeez. no oh this was like two years ago so the fact that this got the press it did i was like haha about I old did, story right <laughs> so yeah so obviously like shout out to the channel for untold team because yeah. like they it's my first ever doc you know i'd never and we did the screening at channel four which was amazing oh, amazing and um it was just such a positive. I honestly had the best time. Good. And I think for me, what I loved the most about that experience was that I was myself. Yes. Uh, and so now I know for, for any TV work I do when I'm not being myself, because it, when I'm being myself, it should feel like that. It should feel positive and feel good. That's such a good way, way to see it. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm like, if it's bad vibes, I'll know. Yeah. But I had yeah. the best time and it was just such an impactful thing to be part of. And I'm just so glad that there's this resource out there to help other women. Amazing. You know? Long may it continue. Amen. I know this is just Amima. the start. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think it's really important that you have been able to be yourself and mm-hmm. get your story out there. But what is something that you wish you knew before getting into the industry that you would have liked a little of a, what's the word? I wish someone had prepared me for the unexpected pressures of the industry kind of thing. Hmm. <laughs> I wish that someone told me that you're not always going to be booked. Oh, that is something we all need to hear. Because, yeah, it is incredibly humbling when you're just at home. <laughs> That's the no, realist. on a Monday... And there's no work coming in. So real. At least not now. It could change by Wednesday, right? Yeah, That's the thing about this industry. It could change on Wednesday. It could even change that afternoon. It's so true. But as Monday, the dawn sets. (laughs) You're like, rah. Like, no one talks about the fact that, like, 
actually, you're not always booked, mm-hmm. right? And in this industry, their favorite question, so what are you up oh, to? And you're like, any event, okay. what are you working on right now? Exactly. Oh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but you have to do style just to answer, yeah, I'm working it's just too much, right? And that's what, and I think it's one of those moments. I always say to my younger sister, I say that the moments where I've like just been like totting around, there's obviously things to do at of home. Of course, yeah. But um, I almost feel like I experience life in its most like, like rawest form because right. you're almost dealing with this, like you're not waiting, but you're almost like dealing with this, the realisation that like your career is really not guaranteed, mm. right? And it's like, all you really have is like hope oh, and hard wow. work. Do you know what I mean? Because you're yeah, not, when you're, when you're actually booked, you're obviously like, you still, you know, you still know that, but you're almost like in your own world of like, yeah, getting an Uber there, but uh, hair and makeup. And then when it's just like, okay, and then there's nothing next week. It's like, oh, like you almost are like, it's got its highs and its lows. 100%. When the highs are high, they're great. And when the lows are, uh, uh, they can be very low. And that's, yeah. and that's anything from like, it could be finances. It could be the fact that maybe you didn't get a job. Mm. And in this industry, I suppose, like no one really tells you 100% why you didn't get a certain job hmm. or why. So you don't really, you never really know the real answer. Yeah. And that can be really tough because you're like I want to know and I want to improve and like you're just not going to know yeah so and I've had many of those instances um and so I would say it's just you know coming to the realization that you're not always going to be working yeah like most tv presenters will say that it's so true like they're not no one is like on screen all the time like you just can't be so that's why digital is good because if you get digital work then you're occupied doing that kind of stuff or if you're writing or whatever but you're not always going to be on tv unless you're like I don't know, this morning or you're like GMB. Unless you do morning or like news, you're not always going to be on TV. Gosh, that is such a good realisation because I didn't even consider that. But there have been summers where I'm like, woo, a bit quiet, ain't it? Right? (laughs) Tumbleweed. (laughs) What should I do this week? Yeah, Uh, it's like... Laundry? Yeah. And and this is is why I think in some ways... Uh, it's good to like do like create stuff to kind of like get you out of that situation. So it's like, okay, well, when I'm not working, I'm doing this. Uh, So, but I guess sometimes it can also create this thing, which I feel like I deal with, which is how like when I'm actually like free, which is good because sometimes I'm like, oh, I need a break. All I know how to do is work Mm. in those moments and not rest. Yeah. You know, it can can be beneficial to force you. Totally. To rest. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think having boundaries as well is really good. Like people can wait for emails. Like if you need a minute, like take a sec. So, so true. What did I expect? Jackie came with real talk, gems and I'm blown away. Like this feels like a way overdue chat. And I'm just so grateful that you are you always. Oh, thanks, Ramel. Because I'm, I, I can't lie, I'm blown away by just how speaking to you is such a breath of fresh air. Because it's just like, she keeps it real, but she's so nice. Oh, <laughs> I don't know any, any other way to put it. Like, oh, you're thanks. keeping it real in the nicest way possible. Okay, and that's thanks. not always easy for people that have had to work as hard as yeah. you have. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. yeah. there are people out there that are bitter. Really? There's pe- Oh my God, there's people out there that are always, oh, I don't know why they got that. And da, 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 oh, da. Like, Yeah, there's some people out there like that. Abundance Thank- mindset, honey. Thankfully, none of them have been on the podcast. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> there's a reason why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but no, you are oozing positivity, Thank which you. is beautiful. And this is why, like I said, so many people fall in love with you. I've been watching your followers just... Oh, thank you. <laughs> the the, the doc dropped and all your numbers went up. Yes. Thank you. I, I love it. I didn't buy them. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't. No, the genuine engagement and interaction, just seeing, like I said, people have told me like, oh, that doc was so good. And I'm like, oh, wow. like when I reposted it, like so many people were like, nah, this was good. I'm like, that's my girl, man. Oh, that's my girl. That's so, oh, that's amazing. No, it's it's all good. You're, you did it. You literally did it. So uh, let's, let's wrap this bad boy up mm. with, you know it. Top five tips to make it in the mainstream. Ooh. Jackie, hit us up. Okay, my number one tip is be nice to everyone. Facts. Be nice to everyone because I swear you never know who's going to be on top and they're going to remember you as that nasty fart person that was rude. <laughs> so be nice to everyone. Okay. <laughs> Two, I would say... Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, mm. ask questions. If you're curious about something, maybe you're curious about how a show was made, or maybe you want to know if so and someone's hiring, just ask, just yeah. ask. I used to literally sit on my hands and be really scared and be like, oh, I want to ask. Just ask. Closed mouths don't get fed. True. So ask. I would also say, um, come up with loads of ideas mm. uh, on your own. Because uh, my, you know, untold doc was an original idea which mm -hmm. i came up with in my spare time so come up with your own ideas um and don't be afraid to pitch them out amazing um don't be afraid to pitch them to production companies uh number four i would say um oh i would say be prepared to um work really really hard um, because sometimes the things that we do do not create instant results, but they Ooh, will yeah. later. And sometimes we want to give up because we don't see like the numbers going up right now, or maybe it's not something people are talking about. So you think it's not relevant. Keep plugging away at it because if it's something you truly believe in and that, you know, you think is going to be like a massive topic one day, yeah. then keep plugging away because you never know whether next year this could be the thing everyone's talking about. So true. Uh, and number five, I would say, um, be true to yourself. I would say, don't argue with yourself on things. So if you know something is not for you, don't even... It's not for you. Yeah. You might have an agent. You might have a friend that's like, oh, you should definitely do it. It'd be good for you. If your gut and your body's like, this ain't, this ain't, don't do it. Your face is saying it all. No, it's like, don't do it. <laughs> because sometimes your body will talk for you and it's like, don't do it. Mm. Um, because you, what you want to do is you want to create a catalogue of work that you're proud of. You want to look at like how musicians look at albums. You want to look at your work or the things you've created and think, oh yeah, this is a great catalogue. I don't think Beyonce looks at her albums and thinks, oh, I'm ashamed of this album. <laughs> so think of your work like that. Like yeah. at, in a catalogue, what would that look like? And, and, and go for that. Go yeah, for like yeah. a great body of work. And think of yourself as an artist first. Woo! Come on. Top five tips with Jackie and Adeji. Yes! Woo! We love it. Thank you, Ariolas. <laughs> she had to get a little boob reference in there, didn't she? <laughs> no, we, we, this is why we love you. Keys are 100 in the nicest way. Yes. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Jackie. Where can everyone keep up to date with you, follow you, all that good stuff? Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram at oh my gosh, it's Jackie. Uh, you can watch my untold doc, just type on YouTube, my big boobs. You can also follow my new newsletter called more than a handful.substack.com. And that is a newsletter for people who have ever felt like weirdos, outsiders, misfits, too much, a handful. This is a mini essays every Thursday, encouraging you how to be the best version of yourself. Uh, and also you, yeah, you can just find me on Instagram. I'm there. Come say hello. Amazing. Always love you guys. Hello. Love you too, Jackie. Thank you Thank so you. much. I'm so excited to eat my Nando's now. Oh my God. Not the, I've been dreaming about the wings. <laughs> and that's been Jackie on the Meijing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Mainstream Podcast with me, Ramel London. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review on Apple and Spotify and follow us at The Mainstream UK and at Ramel underscore London.